0: Welcome to the Plainfield Christian Church Podcast. We hope that the message today encourages you. For additional resources to inspire you in your journey with Christ, connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. Enjoy today's podcast. I want to begin our time together by just asking you a question. Are you as close to God as you want to be? Uh, My guess is that for many of you, the answer is no. Uh, I know that we're in a crazy season right now. Some of you are at home with nothing to do. Uh, For some of you, your workload has doubled. Uh, For others of you, you're not working right now, and there's no paycheck coming in, and you're not sure how you're going to make ends meet. Uh, For others of you, you're trying to work from home and uh, you are stuck in the house with your family all there inside the same four walls. I've heard it said before that family is like fudge, mostly sweet, with a few nuts. (laughs) And uh, some of you have found that to be very true in a new and special way for the last couple weeks. And uh, regardless of how your life has changed the past week or two, my guess is that for most of us, we're not yet where we want to be in our relationships with God. And I know that's true for me, I I still wanna grow. My son Judah, he's he's two years old, and so the world is just still full of wonder for him. And last week, Judah and I were taking a walk when all of a sudden he squatted down there on the sidewalk by a puddle, and he's really excited about something. He'd found a worm. And so he he picked up that worm like it was a long-lost buried treasure, and he clenched it in his fist. And for about the next 30 minutes or so, as we went to the swing set and we swung and we went on a wagon ride and all the way home, Judah kept that worm right there in his hands. In fact, he was so excited about this worm that uh, we decided to keep it. And so I said, all right, Judah, uh, shall we give your worm a name? What should we name it? And he said, Turtle. <laughs> and so right then and there, we adopted Turtle the worm into our family. And we brought Turtle the worm home and we got out Judah's little plastic bug box and we put Turtle the worm in his new house right there on our kitchen island. And I couldn't help but notice though that Turtle the worm was looking a little dry, looking a little bit flat. And so I went out into the backyard and I got a few handfuls of mud and brought it in and put them in the bug box so that Turtle the worm could have a more natural habitat. That was a few days ago. And if I'm being honest, uh, by now Turtle the worm ain't looking so good. Um, I brought Turtle the worm with me here today. Here's Turtle. Uh, Can you imagine what it must be like To be turtle the worm and some of you in quarantine probably can't imagine right now but life for turtle the worm must be interesting you have the same kind of mud that the other worms have but you also have the feeling that life isn't quite all that it could be i mean as much as you try to enjoy where you are and build a good life there has to be something more right and yet you just feel stuck like there's some kind of invisible barrier, this wall between you and the life that you were made for. Maybe you feel that, like there's some kind of barrier between you and the kind of joy and freedom and intimacy with God that you desire. Maybe in your relationship with God, you feel a little bit like turtle the worm. (laughs) There has to be more, right? And the good news is the answer is yes, and it'll take us a little bit to get there today, but I do think that the text we're in today reveals the truth that you most need to hear during this season. So let's look at God's word together. Our text for the day is Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 25. And I know this might sound a little bit awkward, but wherever you are right now, let's read these words out loud together. Therefore, brothers and sisters, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Uh, So let's come back to our question that we started with. Are you as close to God as you want to be? And with that in mind, you notice that that verse 19, we started by saying, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place. Whoa, 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 whoa. We gotta stop right there. Because reading those words would have been absolutely astounding for the first readers of this letter. And now, to understand this, we have to go all the way back to the beginning of time. Because back in the very beginning, in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve did get to enjoy God's presence with the kind of confidence that we just read about. They got to go on walks with God, they got to be friends with God, but then they sinned. And because of that, Adam and Eve were banished from the garden. And ever since then, God and mankind were separated. Uh, Because God is holy and we are sinful, we could not be in his presence. In fact, if sinful people like us came into the presence of God, we would die from his holiness. And yet even though God is holy and we are sinful, he still wanted to be near to us. And so God put his presence among his people through the Ark of the Covenant I think we have a picture here of the Ark of the Covenant. It was a wooden box covered with gold that contained some of the reminders of how God had rescued his special people of Israel. It was the symbol of God's presence among his people. And yet even then, there was still separation between God and the people because the people couldn't touch the Ark of the Covenant. When the priests would carry it from place to place, you'll notice that they carried it with these golden rods so that they wouldn't touch the Ark. At one time, there was a guy named Uzzah who reached out to touch the ark. He was just trying to help, but when he touched it, he died instantly because sinful man and a holy God don't mix. In fact, in order to protect the sinful people from their holy God, they they built a massive temple to house the ark of the covenant. The temple was supposed to be this building, this literal, physical, permanent symbol, the house of God's presence here on earth. Now the temple wasn't like our church building. You didn't get to just wander in and out of the temple whenever you wanted to. And no, if you went into the temple in the wrong way, you could die. If you weren't Jewish, you could only come as far as these outer courts of the temple. And even if you were a Jew, you could only really get so far as these inner courtyards as the temple. You never really got to go inside the temple building. But inside this temple building, there was a room. Uh, The room is called the holy place. And in that room, only priests could go in and, and only for special occasions. And then there was a very inner room called the most holy place, the holy of holies. And that was where the Ark of the Covenant was. That's where God's presence dwelt most intensely on earth. And to protect the sinful people from that holy presence of God, there was a veil in front of the holy of holies. Uh, This veil was a barrier to protect the sinful people from the holy presence of God. The veil was massive, 60 feet tall and three feet thick. It was said that you could take some of the strongest horses and tie them on either end of the veil, have them pulling in separate directions, and you still could not tear that veil. This veil was a reminder to the people that they were not up to the spiritual standard required to get close to God. And if people forgot that, They paid for it. Uh, We see people approach God at various times in the Old Testament flippantly or arrogantly, and when they do, boom, dead. Now, for for some of you kids, have your parents ever said to you, now, no running in the church building? Well, Israelite mamas never had to say that. The kids knew what would happen. When they went to worship, their mama didn't say, now, no running in the temple. Their mama would just say, you remember how you used to have an older brother named Benjamin? And that was that, because they knew that if you come into the presence of a holy God in the wrong way, you could die. And so for 1500 years, that veil hung in the temple as a reminder that the people could not get as close to God as they wanted to be. In fact, only one person ever got to go behind that veil, the high priest. And even the high priest only got to go behind the veil one day a year on the day of atonement. And on that day, it was the high priest's job to make a sacrifice for the sins of the people so that God would pass over their failures. And so on the day of atonement with potentially thousands of people crammed there onto the temple mount, waiting with bated breath, one man went behind the veil on behalf of the people. One man ventured into God's presence to make a sacrifice, to beg for forgiveness from almighty God. And when the high priest went behind the veil, tradition says that they would tie a rope around his waist. Because who knows? If he did it wrong, he could die in there. And if he does, I ain't going in after him to get the body. We're dragging him out. You see, drawing near to God was a terrifying thing, full of fear and trembling. It wasn't something you did with confidence. And most people never even got to get close to going behind the veil. Uh, it, it's kind of like going to the bank. If you go to the bank, you don't actually get to see the big stash of money, right? You just get to see little bits of it in things like the teller drawers. You know, the money is there. It's somewhere there in the back in the vault, but it's, it's out of sight. Uh, there's several barriers in the bank between us and the money. Uh, there's those locked doors there at the front and, and there's, you know, you walk in and there's the big desk. And we don't get to interact directly with the money. We interact with with a bank teller. And the bank teller gets us a little bit of money from their drawer. But even the bank teller doesn't get to go into the vault all that often because there's all kinds of locks and codes and security procedures. So when we go to the bank, we kind of just have to believe that the money is there. And we get a little taste of it, but we never really get the whole thing. And that's what it was like for the Jews because there was a veil that hung between them And God, they could not get as close to him as they wanted to. My son, Judah, he likes to play with blocks. He builds houses and train stations and towers, but he's really good at building walls. Uh, So if you're a kid right now, or if you're young at heart, I want you to get some some supplies and I want you to build a wall. Get some blocks or some Legos, pillows, books, whatever you have around. And while I talk, I want you to build a wall right there where you are. Build it as big as you can. And then eventually I'm gonna have you do something with that wall. And that wall that you're building, that symbolizes the veil, uh, the barrier between us and God. And honestly, maybe that's what your relationship with God feels like right now like there's something between you and him. You can't quite get as close as you want to. There's just something stopping you, a barrier perhaps. I don't know what the barrier is for you. Maybe it's bitterness. You just haven't forgiven that person who hurt you. Maybe it's fear, fear of what your life would look like if you really surrendered. Uh, maybe you're a kid and you don't honestly know what to say. You don't know what it looks like to get close to God. You don't really know what to do. And maybe that's stopping you. Um, Maybe you're a student and, and, and you keep hearing about all this faith stuff, but your friends are wanting you to do some things that you know don't really align with your belief system. And yet you don't wanna seem like a weirdo. So maybe that's a barrier for you. Or, or maybe you've been around for a little while and you hear all this talk and you kind of like the Bible stories. They're nice fairy tales, but you think they're just that, just good stories to kind of give us a moral foundation. But, but true? Wow, that's absurd. I, I don't know what the barrier is between you and God today. Maybe it's anxiety because your life's a roller coaster right now. You don't know where it's going and you honestly don't know how you're gonna make it through. Uh, maybe it's the wounds from your past that you've kept hidden for too long. Uh, maybe, maybe it's a lack of knowledge that you don't know how to get close to God even if you wanted to and you feel embarrassed by that because you're older now. You feel like you should know what to do and yet you just, you just don't. Uh, m- maybe it's guilt that you're embarrassed about who you've become, what you've done. You're scared you're gonna let God down again. Maybe it's a hidden sin that you've been indulging in and you don't want it, but, but you're not quite ready to give it up and you need to confess it, you know, but, but maybe you don't really want to. Maybe, maybe it's tradition for you that you're so used to just following the rules that you focused so much on the rules and you've missed out on a real relationship with God. Maybe for you, it's busyness. You just honestly, you don't have the time. You haven't made the time to really dig deep and try to get to know who God is. Maybe for you, the barrier is apathy. That honestly, when it comes to the end of the day, you'd rather just veg out than spend time digging into God's word. Maybe for you, it's volume. That your life is just too loud right now for you to really listen to God in prayer. Maybe it's shame over something that you've done. Maybe it's an unhealthy relationship in your life that uh, is leading you astray. Uh, Maybe it's comfort. Honestly, you kind of like your life the way that it is. You don't really want to let God in. You're afraid he might shake things up. Uh, Maybe it's pride. You don't really want to admit that you're broken and that you need help. I don't know what your barrier is, but I do know that for all of us, we have a veil hanging. We have a wall. We have a barrier. There's, there's something that is keeping you from being as close to God as you could be. But then, Jesus dies on the cross. We've been talking about Jesus' death on the cross for us all month together. And we've talked about the cross of redemption that Jesus pays the debt. We've talked about the cross of love, that Jesus sets the example. We've talked about the cross of victory, that Jesus wins the battle. We've talked about the cross of endurance, that Jesus runs the race. But today we're talking about the cross of access, that Jesus tears the veil. In Mark chapter 15, Jesus is hanging on the cross. And just, just look what happens here. Mark chapter 15, verses 37 and 38 says, with a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. And look what happens. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. At the moment that Jesus dies, the veil separating God and man is torn. And all of a sudden, the, the temple is just rendered ineffective and Unnecessary. At the moment of Jesus' death, that unbreakable barrier between God and man is broken and done away with. Hebrews says, we just read it, that Jesus is our great high priest, that on our behalf, he went behind the veil into the presence of God and he made a sacrifice for our sin and that that sacrifice was his own life And that that sacrifice was once and for all eternally effective so that we don't have to make sacrifices anymore. We don't have to go to a temple, but through Jesus's sacrifice, we get to be in the presence of God. Through his death, the veil is torn. Now let's take this text piece by piece. The one that we read earlier, Hebrews chapter 10. He says, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, Jesus died so that you could have no fear, confidence in the presence of God. He says, by a new and living way, opened for us through the curtain, that is his body. In those days, the high priest entered into the presence of God through the veil, but we come into the presence of God through Jesus. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, Jesus is the high priest, like we said, who offers the sacrifice of his own life, and it's a sacrifice once and for all, eternally effective. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings. When you have faith in Jesus, you can approach God with certainty. It's incredible and having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. If you've not yet been purified by the Holy Spirit, if you've not yet been washed, immersed, baptized into Jesus Christ, that's how we get ushered into the presence of God through our faith in him and him saving us and being made new in baptism. Please don't put it off. Please, you can sign up today. He says, and let us, or let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess for he who promised is faithful. I know things are uncertain right now and hope is hard to come by, but I really believe that the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ means that there is no such thing as hopeless. He says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Now, I love this. We planned this sermon series months ago before we knew anything about a coronavirus. And yet God has worked through this plan so that the three weeks we've been together online, we've learned about number one, Jesus is victorious over fear and death. Number two, Jesus endured so we can endure. And number three, we have access to the presence of God and we shouldn't give up meeting together. That's incredible how God has worked through our planning process. And in the same way, we believe that he is still working right here, right now. The text goes on to say, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So let me encourage you. The day is approaching when we will get to be together with God in a perfect world, free of viruses where no one is socially isolated. And that is gonna be a good day. And I don't know right now where you are in the quarantine and the hardship, you might feel like turtle the worm at the moment. You might be feeling like you're drying up and alone, stuck in some kind of artificial habitat, but I want you to know that you can still draw near to God right now through Jesus. You remember our bank analogy from earlier? Well, let's imagine that one day you go into the bank and you found that the door was off the hinges. There's nobody in sight. The teller's not there. In fact, the desk has been pushed to the side and you can see all the way to the back of the bank. You can see the vault. And the bank president, he's back there and he puts his hand on the fingerprint scanner and he opens the security door and you look inside the vault and there it is, the piles and piles of cash and gold. And the bank president says, come on in, take as much as you want. You see, that's what Jesus has done for us through his death and resurrection. He says, come on in boldly, confidently, take as much as you want. Draw near to God. So let's go back to our question. Are you as close to God as you want to be? And if the answer is no, then the writer of Hebrews would tell you to draw near to God. Wherever you are right now, you have access to God. He's not confined to a church building. He is readily available to you. And the biblical truth that you need to remember right now is this, you are as close to God as you choose to be, Uh, that Jesus Christ has made life and eternal joy in God's presence available to us. And whether or not you will enjoy that is up to you. James chapter four says, come near to God and he will come near to you. You are as close to God as you choose to be. Uh, my, My dad is the president of a college And if you wanna schedule a meeting with my dad, then you're gonna have to schedule it long ahead of time with his secretary. And when the day comes to the meeting, you'll drive up there on campus to the administration building. You'll walk in to probably sit in the lobby for a little bit. His secretary would then come out and she'd get you and you'd go into the secretary's office, but the door to the president's office would still be shut. And then when it's time for the meeting, you would be ushered into the president's office where you could talk with him for a little bit. And that's how you would set up a meeting with President Proctor. But for me, Matt Proctor's not just the president. He's my dad. And so I didn't have to do any of that stuff. I could just barge on in right through the lobby, walk through the secretary's office and just go right on into my dad's office. Anytime I wanted, just to hang out, just to say hi to my dad. And that's what you get to do with God. Uh, that through Jesus the veil is torn so you have access to God the Father anytime any place right now so if you have that wall built in front of you right now i want you to go up to that wall and i want you to knock it down smash it i don't know where you are right now i don't know what barriers you're facing Maybe you've lost your retirement savings because the market's been crazy recently. Maybe you're anxious about your future. Draw near to God. Maybe you were a senior in school this year and you're mourning the loss of your dances and friends and events and tournaments. Draw near to God. Maybe you're a student or a teacher and you're struggling figuring out this e learning stuff and it's stressful. Draw near to God. Maybe you're trying to work from home right now and you think you're about to go clinically insane. Draw near to God. Maybe you're a medical professional and you are overworked and you are at high risk of infection. Draw near to God. Maybe you're a small business owner or an hourly employee and you're not sure how you're going to make ends meet because there's no paycheck coming in right now. Draw near to God. Even in the midst of this adversity that we're going through, God is giving us an opportunity to draw nearer to him than ever before. So let me encourage you with the same thing the author of Hebrews encouraged us with, don't give up the habit of meeting together. Please keep joining us every week. I want you to be tuning in on Wednesdays to weekday chat and to our new Friday prayer time so that we can work together and live and interact and talk about how scripture and prayer can integrate into our lives to help us draw nearer to God during this season. Uh, we wanna give you some practical tools. I mean, we're, we're starting preaching through the book of Galatians next week. Galatians is six chapters. Maybe you could go read that this week in preparation for that. Maybe you could get caught up on equip you. <laughs> Maybe you can spend some time calling your friends, the people in your home group, Make sure you're spending time every day in God's word. Get a truth intake. Make sure you are spending time every day in prayer. If you've not been baptized, we're still doing that. Sign up. You can be baptized. Start a good Christian book. Find somebody to serve. Uh, love your spouse well. Read Bible stories with your kids. Whatever it is, draw near to God. Use this time. Uh, a few months ago, our son Judah uh, started having some nightmares. Night after night, it was the same terrible dream. And and he became really scared of going to bed. And so to try to help him overcome this fear, Rebecca and I tried to remind him of this same truth, that God is available to him when he needs God the most. And, And so to try to help him overcome that fear, we started repeating these phrases. And every night when Judah goes to bed, he repeats these three phrases back to us. He says, God is with me. God makes me brave. God makes me strong. And it wasn't long after we started repeating those three phrases together that one day Rebecca told Judah that it was time to take a nap. And you could tell just by the look on his face that that Judah didn't want to. He was nervous about that nightmare coming back and he was a little afraid. But then his little heart drew near to God. And he said, Judah's scared, but God makes me brave. And that's been one of my proudest moments as a dad. And I hope that that is the truth. Jesus the fling to as well. Because God is there. And through Jesus the veil is torn. And so God is accessible and available to us in the light and in the dark, at the wedding and at the funeral, on the good days and on the hard days, in the spectacular and in the ordinary, in the chaotic house and in the lonely house, in the laughter and in the tears, when the market's up and when it's down. Because our God is both the God of Good Friday and he's also the God of Easter Sunday. And you are as close to him as you choose to be. So draw near to God. Let's pray. God, we thank you for hearing us, for being with us. And we thank you that through Jesus and his death and tearing the veil, you are available to us and we get to have your presence. Jesus, thank you for making the way through your sacrifice. And we ask you now to show us whatever barriers remain that are keeping us from being as close to you as you want us to be. And we ask for your help in showing us those barriers and tearing them down. We want deeper intimacy with you than ever before in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. At this time, we're gonna take communion to say thank you to Jesus for his death on our behalf, for making a way for us to draw near to God.